I'm going to take you through one play, just one. I'm not going to do it with the benefit of any sort of video or all 22 film or statistical analysis, just off firsthand sight and memory. Good morning to you. Good Thursday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports, and this is Daily Shot of Steelers. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into hockey and or baseball. I also offer daily shots of Penguins and Pirates in the same place that you found this. Minka Fitzpatrick does not have an interception in the 2023 season. He had six of those last year. Minka has only two passes defensed whereas he had 11 of those last year. Wow, sounds like Minka's really struggling, right? He's not giving you what he's getting paid for, right? Here comes the play. You ready? And it's to prove to you that I've done no extra work on this. I don't even remember who was involved, okay? But here's how it's happening. It's a second half. That much I do recall. The press box at SoFi Stadium is on what you would consider to be the back right corner of one of the end zones. And the play is coming in my direction. Any of you who've ever watched football from an elevated end zone know that it's the very best way to watch football. I'm always happy when one of the new stadiums will have a press box somewhere down there. You can watch the game the way it's being played. You see the holes open before the running backs hit them, that sort of stuff. I feel like it really enhances my ability to you know share with you stuff like this. So Matthew Stafford drops back to pass, moves a little to his left, not much. He very clearly has his eyes on a target who is crossing the field probably about 10 or 15 yards away. This is going to be his guy, I can tell. And then Minka, who's just kind of a, a freelancer back there on this particular play, after having lined up close to the line of scrimmage, shortly before the snap, he backed off. Never want to let the quarterback know where the safety is, right? So Minka, just on some kind of feel or whatever it is, sees that this is going to be the target. So Minka abandons whatever other notions he might have had and just dogs this guy. I mean, he's right in his kitchen as they're crossing together. Stafford sees that and goes, "Uh uh-uh, no way. And he turns to his right and... He overthrows a receiver at the right sideline. Nothing comes of it. And I said to myself in the moment, you know, there's not a statistic for that. Minka doesn't get a pass defense for that. He sure doesn't get an interception. He doesn't get a quarterback hit or a quarterback hurry or any of the stuff that now seems to line up in droves for the guys on the defensive front. But he completely made that happen. He 100% made that happen. And if I'd had time to get over to the Rams side afterward, you better believe I would have asked Stafford about that play, no matter how weird it would have sounded, just for my own edification. Minka remains an elite safety 
in the National Football League. Do not let anybody put forth any kind of statistics to attempt to convince you otherwise. All you'd have to do to reaffirm this for yourself, well, (laughs) I guess it's to be in Inglewood, California, sitting where I was, or do these all 22 studies or whatever. There probably would be a little bit more time than even the most devoted football fan would be able to commit to such a thing. He's there. He is a monster presence in that secondary. Where he roams, they don't throw. It's a big part of opponent's prep offensively, and it's a big part of the adjustments that get made not only at the line, but also, as I just described for you, after the snap. But I'm not done. Do you know who the Steelers' leading tackler is on defense? Hint, it's not an inside linebacker. Okay, the 80s and 90s are no more. There isn't any Hardy Dickerson or, you know, Mike Merriweather or even going to the most recent linebacker in that category that the Steelers employed, Lawrence Timmons. That doesn't exist anymore. The leading tackler on the Pittsburgh defense is Minka Fitzpatrick with 52 of them. Why? Because the Steelers have noticed and appreciated that teams just stay away from him. They stay away from his general vicinity. And as a result, instead of having Minka just stand out there and play Scarecrow, they will bring him up to the line, especially when the defense is struggling to make tackles against the run, which, as we've seen, unfortunately, is more often than not. And instead of just going up there and saying, oh, man, they're sending me up here again, he's getting the job done, and he's getting it done enthusiastically bordering on rapidly if you saw a couple of the stops that he made behind the line of scrimmage on Sunday. Do not fret for number 39. A, he's already having a massive impact. B, all that other stuff is going to come. It always does for the truly great ones. When we come back, J1Q. This segment of Daily Shot is brought to you by our good friends at Mike's Beer Bar. They're located on Federal Street, directly across from PNC Park. Mike has more than 500 beers on tap, including from more than 50 local breweries. Stop in and say hello. Tell Mike we sent you. Mike's Beer Bar. Today's J1Q comes from Chris, who asks, DK, did you notice any difference in how plays were called in the fourth quarter versus the first three quarters, or were the players just executing better? I did notice a a difference, Chris, in that it wasn't as run-run pass as it tends to be. If I have to explain what that means to anybody, I'm not sure why you'd be listening to any podcast related to the Steelers. Run, run, pass. Run, run, pass. There were some different looks. There were some different ideas. And there was a lot of balance that was demonstrated. Now, it's hard to compare play calling from the fourth quarter to play calling from the first three, in large part because 
three and outs keep you from showing any rhythm. You're just three and out. So all anybody has to look at is, well, run, run, pass. But what you saw on that drive, actually not that drive, on every drive the Steelers had in the fourth quarter was a really healthy balance. It looked a lot like the kind of team the Steelers were setting themselves up to be all summer long and in through the preseason. And yeah, I know it's just practices and vanilla defenses. I'm not an idiot. But they did execute it that way. They did show that. So that told me that was the goal. And that's also what they said. The difference was you were also supposed to have a Pat Fryermuth and an Anthony McFarland involved. And Calvin Austin would have been a lot more involved than he was in L.A. Uh, as it was. You saw a whole lot of Deontay Johnson. You saw a whole lot of George Pickens. You saw a whole lot of both running backs. And because that was working, there was presumably a commitment from above to stick with that instead of trying to mess with it. There was one throw, I believe, to Allen Robinson near the end. But otherwise, it was those four guys and the quarterback just making stuff happen. Which takes me back to the concept of weighty downs. Remember weighty downs? That was Mike Tomlin's pet phrase for one week, and it's really resonated since then. But partly because he was right. He talked about weighty downs a lot from the defensive standpoint, still does. When they get off the field, they're fine. When they don't, they aren't. But from the offensive standpoint, they were able to get, maybe this is the best answer I can come up with for your cue here. They were able to get nice, healthy, you know, six-yard, seven-yard runs. There were a couple of fives in there. And as soon as you have one of those and your running back falls forward and gets up, there's a little bit of extra pep in everybody's step, and you're going back to the huddle uh, either thinking or saying, yeah, let's do that again. And even though a couple of times the run would go nowhere, it would be a thud, they were still within three to five yards of the first down marker. And there are a zillion plays that can get you that distance through the air. And they would do that, and then they would move the sticks and feel it again. So it really was mostly about execution. But execution specifically in early downs. That led to the weighty downs being easier to achieve. So they just kept moving. And then they weren't afraid, and I'm using that term authoritatively, okay? They weren't afraid to send the ball down deep, notably to George, but also to Deontay. And then you really start spreading the defense out. And now you're just a different offense facing a different opponent because when the Rams came out Sean McVay had the line stacked like he was John Harbaugh preventing Le'Veon Bell from going anywhere remember when Harbaugh did that in Baltimore the one year he pretty much put the entire franchise at the line couldn't care less what was going to happen in any other capacity he wasn't letting Lev beat him that's how the Rams came out. The Steelers 
eventually did a lot of different things to open them up a little bit. And once they opened the Rams up, well, all kinds of possibilities opened up. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everyone listening to Daily Shot of Steelers. We're going to do another one of these tomorrow in advance of the game. Sunday against Jacksonville.